Hey everyone, welcome back. And today's guest is a rock star. This guy, Adam Lewis Walker, is a TEDx speaker, a best-selling author, and he was training to be in the Olympics. Yes, we've got an Olympic potential athlete here, and we go deep on everything health and wellness. We talk about intermediate fasting, diet tips. So if you wanted to take your body and your condition and peak performance to the next level, this episode is for you. So tune in and enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to Self-Developed Life. My name is Quentin Carlin, and this is the podcast for personal and professional development. What I do here is bring on expert industry leaders and interview them about their success strategies on anything from fitness, finance, faith, family, business, Bitcoin, blockchain, crypto, leadership, lifestyle, dating, relationships, marriage, travel, Zen meditation, mindset, minimalism, money-making methods, and much, much more. So if you're interested in any of that, you're going to love this episode. Also, why don't you go over to YouTube? We've got this uh, filming. Every episode is uploaded to YouTube, and there you can watch it live and also subscribe. Check that out. We've got all the content archived there from past episodes. As well, when you're over there, check out our show sponsors. We've got a number of amazing sponsors. For example, if you would like to get a $40 credit on your next Airbnb hotel, go ahead and claim that. As well, if you want to get into investing in cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, we've got $10 of free Bitcoin waiting for you. You can just go claim it in your free account setup over there. Also, if you want to get a website set up and don't really know how to do that, we've got access to the best online software to build the biggest funnel that you can imagine for your business to help convert your traffic into customers. So like I said, go over there. All the links are on YouTube. We really appreciate that. And speaking of appreciate, I appreciate you for tuning in. And to do so, I want to offer you a free one-on-one coaching and consulting call with me. Yes, I would like to connect with you. So if you're interested in talking about anything and anything, anything and everything on your mind, email me, quintoncarlin at gmail.com. Or you can just fill out my calendar on the bottom here, the link that can set up a time that suits for both of us. And I would love to reach out and connect with you. Lastly, if you do enjoy this episode and this podcast, would you please do me a favor and go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and leave an honest comment. How do you feel about the content that we're putting out here? That would really help. It really helps support the show. All the reviews are much greatly appreciated. All right, guys, enjoy the show here, and we'll see you on the next episode soon. Enjoy. It's going to be a great one. All right, everyone, welcome back here. Uh, I've got a special guest, as you can see, Mr. Adam Lewis Walker. Uh, He's uh, calling in today from Michigan. It's early morning for him, late night here for me in Asia. Um, Adam is a keynote speaker, TEDx best-selling author and host of a podcast I've been checking out called Awaken Your Alpha. So welcome to the show, Adam, and we can kind of go back and forth interviewing each other since you're a lot bigger expert in this field than I am. You've got over 300 episodes recorded, so. Uh, hey, well, thank you, but hey, don't, don't put yourself down, you know. It's, <laughs> volume is not always the key, but you know, it is, it is good to, uh, it's definitely a, a component of achieving mastery is putting the hours in, but you can keep doing something, can keep being, you know, stuck in a rut, but you know, I, I like to think I, uh, yeah, have, uh, 
I've got an idea around interviewing, speaking, and um, authoring books or book a book or two. Um, so yeah, so thanks for having me. This is awesome. This is my first ever interview for Korea, <laughs> based in Korea. And as I've said just before the interview, the best backdrop ever. What you've got set up? I need to up my backdrop game. I thought I had it nice with a little screen in the background, some some blue there, and yeah, and a whiteboard. But man, you you've you've top trumped me on the backdrops here. Well, yeah, that, that's how we do it in Asia. Like you said, you thought that this behind me was like a, a backdrop. You're like, no, this is like a real beach and a real bridge. And I'm like, I'm sorry for the noise. There's a bunch of drunk people out here partying on the beach every night. So it's it really uh, looks like a. A fake backdrop is that good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I could open the window to show people it's not, but, uh, but yeah, I guess they'll, <laughs> they'll take my word for it. Um, but that's awesome, man. Yeah, I've been checking out your videos. Really inspiring stuff. Um, maybe why don't we start sharing about your book? Oh, love to. <laughs> so there, there's definitely a theme here. We talked about uh, briefly touched on sort of going deep in a certain area, and I think it's it's very tempting to sort of jump around, especially if you're easily excited like me, to jump around from one thing to the next. Uh, but for the last, going on almost five years now, I've really dug into the subject matter around Awaken Your Alpha and what does that mean, which we can talk about. So the podcast has been going um, over four and a half years. The TEDx talk, Awaken Your Alpha, was about over two years ago, almost two and a half years ago now. And the wow. book was just out this month, Awaken Your Alpha. So there is a theme and I'm going deep, deep, deep in there. And that was kind of the, we talk about the origins, but also creating something that you don't feel like, oh, I've got to change or um, I'll get this done and I'll move on type scenario. Like it's, it's the same as your life. A lot of people try and do something and then I'll get out and like I'll move on to the next thing. But how about you just create something, create your life like as you're clearly doing out there something that you don't need to retire from, that you don't need a break from, that you just, you know, that work and play lines just blurring. And it's not easy, but it's inspiring. And the, the rewards are huge. And I'm not talking financial necessarily. I'm talking about the, the fulfillment, the happiness, yeah. the being on a mission. It's, yeah. uh, it's just a completely different slant on things. And I know a lot of people who earn loads more than me and do, like, in theory, by traditional success in theory on paper they're smashing it but they're not happy and you know their, their, their life is a you know is dictated by someone else it's a long hours in one arena as in their job or their work and they're not massively into that it's uh, they're kind of yeah live to work or work to live i don't know you know the perspective around that but um yeah so the book it's only it came from a message and something in deep in my core that i cannot shut up about um, and I love to talk about, which yeah. is handy. Otherwise, this would drive me insane because I've been talking about it a lot. But um, <laughs> that's why the TEDx talk would really ended up being the framework and getting it more clarity of what is Awaken Your Alpha. So I broke it down into awareness, action, and ascension. And that ended up being the, the three main acts in the book. Um, so it's Thousand Tactics to Thrive, over 330-something episodes now. Wow. Um, and I've taken the best episodes and pieces of episodes and interviews and inspiring stories. And there's a framework in there as in like how to awaken your alpha. But then I've acknowledged that I'm not going to have all the best examples personally. Some of mine are great. And then I've interviewed someone who's like uh, the first deaf player in the NBA about grit and perseverance. And he making the NBA when he was 26, when apart from being the first deaf player to make it, he was, everyone had passed him on, but 26 to be a rookie in the NBA is yeah. like you're a granddad. And everyone's like, yeah, you, 
obviously clearly there's a reason people have passed on you. So I think he can, his viewpoint around that is probably more inspiring than mine in some scenarios. And so I've, I've taken no kind of ego in terms of if someone's got, I think a better example of illustrating a point that I want to illustrate. We've got these stories in there and it's a very international um, theme. So the, the, the podcast and the book, we, I always interview English, American, Australian, African, Asian. It's very much, I wanted to have that global alpha um, environment. And that's where it's, you know, such varied environments. Yeah. But there's some serious, once you start noticing the similarities, you're like, oh, there may be something in this. Yeah, yeah. Success leaves clues, right? As they uh-huh. Say. Um, who was the NBA player out of curiosity? I'm, I'm a huge uh, basketball fan. Oh, yeah, I know. Lance Allred. Lance Allred. You would love the book. Lance Allred. Yeah, no, I'll have, to, uh, I'll have to look that up and check that out. Yeah, man. Yeah, just I, uh, check out the interview on that. But it's, um, yeah, his, um, his chapter, I mean, we can dig into that one if you want, because I love to dig into specific ones. His actual chapter that, where he's featured... Uh, let me just get the exact title. Yeah, well, um, while, you're, while you're looking at that, yeah. I, saw, I saw a video today on Instagram about a blind basketball player. I couldn't believe it. He was a, Whoa. Like a, a high school kid. He had a vision impairment. But he wasn't totally blind, but like super, super limited vision. And uh, he just, like this coach said, he just picks it up with his other senses, you know? Like, yeah. It was really, really incredible to hear that. Especially for, like, I played, I, I played professional basketball in the Philippines and had a scholarship in university. Wow. So, um, wow. Yeah. Well, we can, I mean, I'm happy to dig into that because obviously I love basketball. If you're into that, but just for the principles for anyone who's even not into basketball. So his chapter is called Opportunities Are Not Immortal. Mm. Uh, and, and it basically starts off with a long lines, you know, opportunities are, around, are all around you. The more I work stressed and run down you are, the less likely you are to see them. And the op- these opportunities are not immortal. The lifespan of the majority, if not all of them, is unknown. You have to commit not just to pursuing the opportunity, but getting the most out of each do you, just, you decide to run with. And the quote that I put in the book that was actually one of Lance's favorite quotes that he put up in every locker that he had for every basketball team wow. throughout his career, do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. It's Dylan Thomas. And rage. Because he, I mean, he, on top of that, his origin story, he came from a, a polygamy community. So, and they had to, he basically escaped from that. He didn't take up basketball until he was like 14 years old or something like that. Wow. He was a late starter and, and he got ejected from his first game because the ref thought he was ignoring him. <laughs> you want to go like overcoming adversity. And then he was the big guy. And um, so he, let's say compensated. He made sure he stayed with his back to the basket so he could see all the players around him. And he was the right. one basically directing everything because he couldn't hear anyone. <laughs> so he was the one shouting at everyone and all that sort of stuff. And then the grit around it, what he basically attributes to him getting to the NBA when he did is he decided it was a conscious choice to run himself, to run himself ultimately into the ground, go that wow. step further than everyone across the board for any training session. So when he was in, not even his, the NBA team, when he was in the, um, some D league, the, he right. scraped in and he was like the token guy sitting on the end of the bench to do some media. When the starter got traded and someone was injured, he got one shot and the coach literally said to him, we're going to have to put you in tonight. I've got a replacement, but he's not going to be here till tomorrow. So you're going to have to start tonight. Just, you know, don't make any mistakes. Just don't worry about scoring anything. Just like try and hold it down. He went on and scored 30 points, kept that spot. 
and then led the league on stats, then got a call up to the NBA, bosh, job done. Because when he got his opportunity, he always said he wouldn't have to get ready. He was ready and he was being laughed at in training sessions because his game was the training sessions. So he would run that extra meter every time on any drill, any break. He would run to the baseline, touch it with his hand. This is a big guy, like six foot ten. He just said it's just not done. And everyone thought he was absolutely insane. But then when he got his chance, you know, he was able to, you know, <laughs> produce. Well, I know, I know how difficult those drills are. I'm six foot seven myself. And uh, oh, wow. it's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's hard to keep up with those little guards, man. Especially when it's I was a long way down to the ground as well. Well, you <laughs> know, you guys. You know, when I was playing in the Philippines, man, they're so fast and small. Yeah. Like, it's just a whole different game than back in, in North America. You know, like, it was crazy just how fast these little guys are. Um, but yeah. Good. Well, I, I was checking out your bio and everything. Like, you were, all, you were looking at getting into the Olympics, right? Like, you were on the brink of... That was, that was always my, you know, my big vision, even from when I was yeah. young. Like, even before I kind of, any kind of event or sport really was kind of coming into focus. It was like... Oh, I love the Olympics. That's like so inspiring. I love to watch them. And like the, the variety of events, it was almost like there's, you're going to be, if you choose to dedicate, there's a good chance if you've got that mindset that there's going to be something, if you dedicated yourself to it, that you could get to the Olympics in because, you know, whether it's, you know, shooting, biathlon, duathlon, you know, some kind of wrestling or athletics, track and field, like all this, every, every new Olympics, you're like, oh my goodness, is that in the Olympics when they bring in like the new events for certain hometowns and stuff? And so I would just, the whole ideals behind that, that combination of mind, body and will, um, I just loved it. And so that was, you know, an early vision without details that I, you know, I, I don't have any tattoos, for example. The only tattoo I ever envisioned myself um, was the Olympic rings. Like on my shoulder, but only if I got to the Olympics. So I don't have the Olympic rings, unfortunately. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, man. Like that. That's. I've been to a couple of Olympic games myself, and just the level of those. Like not as an athlete, but to go yeah. and watch, obviously. Yeah. No, I and, I went to the Athens 20, 2004 Olympics, and that was oh, wow. awesome. One of my uh, teammates was competing in the pole vault, a British record holder. It was just so good. Yeah, just the level. And like you said, it's at that level, it is more mindset than almost training, you know, like that's really what the slight advantage and uh, it's, uh, yeah, man, it, it's definitely next level. And it's, it's the, the top of the top as far as, you know, what the human body can achieve. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's awesome stuff. Um, let's, let's transition to your, your TED talk, you know, like I, I, I was watching how you got involved in that and your process and and how did that, those doors open up for you because i actually did a tedx uh, talk myself and i'm always curious how other people kind of uh yeah what was, your, what was your talk called uh it was called people aren't passports and it talked how i've traveled to about 35 countries and how i wow. noticed how um basically wherever you go people are the same you know like no, don't look at people uh, like what passport they hold or where they're from. We're all yeah. brothers, brothers and sisters of the human race. I talked a lot about traveling through like the Middle East and all yeah. the history of Israel and and uh, and uh, the conflicts there with uh, the ancient religions and stuff. I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, it's just people wanting to believe in something more than themselves. And now all these wars have started about. So I kind of talked about how you know we kind of created this society of all these borders and countries when in reality we're all just brothers and sisters of the human race so that was kind of my uh 
what 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 my um topic was um awesome but but yeah how about how about yourself so uh as i touched on so awaken your alpha and um the concept behind it because i mean the subtitle was basically how to rise up and overcome adversity because um we touched on the 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 athletics or i was a pole vaulter and i was trying to get to the olympics in any shape or form uh, it was 2008 and i just um, i was 28 so just in my mind reaching getting into my prime and i had sort of seven years where i tore my groin coming back from it little injuries little niggles and i really felt like as, as, a, as an adult as a man i was just coming into it and got you know all the stuff out of the way um having a good season injury free never had any knee problems for example i remember actually saying that that season um and i got into my biggest competition i got a personal best that year first time as i say in seven years um, so started getting into some bigger competitions, got more con- consistent throughout the season as well, which is obviously for something like that, it's very individual and literally you're raising the bar and you've got to have that consistency to just, you know, which is a quite a crazy thing running full pelt with a pole and yeah. launch. Um, so it was this British summertime. So obviously it, it was horizontal rain, uh, UK <laughs> challenge final, biggest competition I'd ever been in. Family members, lots of family members came out of the woodwork, some that had never seen me vault ever. Um, and they had the opportunity to move it indoors with a crowd wouldn't have been able to see it then for safety. Um, but they decided, no, no, it's all good. You can pole vault in the rain. And I mean, it was like torrential, horizontal, run up was flooded, bed was flooded. So it's like right. bolted into a swimming pool um, and not particularly warm though in England. And um, so, yeah, it wasn't a question of, uh, if someone's going to get injured, it was who, and wow. uh, it does in 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 reality, it does level the playing field. I was probably one of the lowest ranked in that competition. So if it was perfect conditions, um, that likely I would have finished. You never know, but I would have finished maybe lower down the field. But because of this, it came into almost like that Rocky mentality: who wants it the most, and what are you willing to right. risk or sacrifice? So I was in fourth place. I got into the top four. Um, it's a knockout scenario it was the bar. So there's only four of us left. So if I clear one more height, I'm likely going to get a medal. Don't even know what color. And, and you do become obsessed with, in track and field, a medal. So fourth place is like ninth place. It's like, ugh. It's, the, it's worse than ninth place because you're so close to a medal. Yeah. Um, so I got, I got out a bigger pole um, and uh, tried to do what the sort of thing I would do in perfect conditions, warm, tailwind um type scenario and this was the worst conditions i'd ever vaulted in and the sort of conditions unless there was something big on the line you just wouldn't do it because it was a bit insane yeah. um and i ended up running through someone from the crowd on my first step someone from the crowd called out ah he's done he won't take off again and i kind of lost my perspective and all i could think about is not i'll show him but i will take off next time no matter what because sure. it didn't feel right on the first time so that self-preservation kicked in like abort and it's split seconds. You can't, I'm trying to take off, but then last second, your body tells you you're too close or it's not right. So you, you run through and you're like, Oh, I wish I, you know, you're trying to get off the ground. Um, and so the next one, it felt wrong again. Hmm. Um, but it's all split seconds. And I attempted to take off too close and slipped because my heel struck down first instead of the spikes. So there's no wow. grip. I right. tried to jump on that in a puddle and it slipped and dislocated my knee, tore the ACL, tore the meniscus cartilage off the bones and bruised the bone ends from the impact. And um, that was that. That was the last time I uh, pole vaulted. Um, wow. And that was, yeah. And, and the pain was immense. I really wish the bit of this story, I could just kind of, 
include was, oh, I was in shock and the adrenaline and it didn't really kick in the pain. But no, it was the, the other side. <laughs> it, went, it was like someone had took my leg and just snapped it open and uh, I couldn't stop screaming, which was another thing that I really sticks in the mind because I, I was aware there was a, a lot of family members there and I was yeah. just thinking, shut up. Like, you know, yeah. I just couldn't. I wish I, you know, I felt like, I remember instantly thinking, I wish it was like, like Mr. T just knock me out. <laughs> like I wish, like I maybe I'd bang my head a little bit and knock myself out, but no, I was fully awake and screaming. <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I have a bunch of teammates and stuff that have gone through, you know, ACL, like just, it's the worst of the worst, you know? And, mm. uh, and, and I'm just curious, you look like you're a really fit, you know, healthy guy now. Like what was your recovery? Like, what are you doing now to stay healthy and kind of, uh, come back from that because that's that's a serious serious uh situation yeah uh and completely honestly like my um as a i hate this word but a normal person i'm all good i just i can't pole vault um i can't do long distance runs i can't do really run on uneven ground in theory technically i shouldn't do basketball but i play every week because i absolutely love it but i play within myself like if i go flat out in basketball as i we entered a three-on-three tournament this summer that was on a concrete court and unfortunately the team we're going up against were really good like we had to just go flat out just to you know not be embarrassed just to get some points on the board the problem with that was the next day i'm not joking my knees swelled up and it took probably about two months for it to settle down because it was just the impact and it hammered it and i know they told me as soon as sort of this happened and the issues with the uh, Two years, of opera- two years of operations, multiple operations and rehab, prehab, crutches. Um, I'm going to have some serious issues with my knee um, and it's, you know, arthritis and it's going to be, you know, screwed. It's probably like a super old person's knee as it is. And um, how, yeah, how, old so, but, you, I mean, how old are you now? I'm 39 next month. Oh, wow. We're similar. Yeah. We're similar. I'm 38. Oh, well, I'm 38 yeah, now. So there we go. Right. Same age. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so in terms of even as soon as the injury was happened, I was in the athlete mindset of how quick can I get back? And I was, you know, I was still training. I mean, it's a knee. So I was in the gym with my leg, like straight in the gym and crutches, just doing all and everything. Lots of hanging uh, things, just everything apart from the knee. Um, even when I had the operation, apart from right off the back of it because of blood flow and different things, I was in the gym again, just, <laughs> you know, ridiculous knee, but just doing all and everything. So keeping it going, trying to keep it going or keeping it going. Um, and I was upbeat for a good kind of upbeat, but in shock really for a good year before I really, the reality of things started hitting in, going in probably for the second operation around that time. Um, they not being able to save the cartilage as they had initially tried to do having to take it all out, go back to square one and just lost identity. I didn't know who I was and the, you know, surgeons saying yeah. things like, that, surgeons that, saying that's things a big like, thing. Yeah. That's a big thing with athletes. When, when their sport is taken away, they have so much of their identity wrapped up. Like I'm a basketball player or I'm yeah, I was a pole vaulter. Yeah, exactly. Everyone introduced me as the pole vaulter. Yeah. And beyond yeah. that, I was just like, what the hell? And also my job was all tied up in this. I was a teacher in terms of lifestyle, they have the whole summers off. It's when I competed the most. You know, oh, you generally, yeah. if you can be disciplined, you fit, can finish quite early. Um, again, if you're disciplined, and a lot of teachers would disagree with me on this, you don't take your work home with you. That's what I didn't. I would never take work home with me. Yeah. Um, because, again, the, the core there of a way, you know, that balance of work and life, not work, work, work. Um, yeah. If you can't do it in the day, 
um, unless they're paying me to a level where they think they own me 24-7, which yeah. I would not sign up for, they can do one. You know, if, if the job can't be done within the, the time of the job, it's not, you know, it's not I would, I give 100%, but right. I'm not going to then, you know, ruin my life in general and become very one-dimensional. And so um, not only did that, kind of that lost aspect of it but I just quit my full-time teaching job at the start of the summer because I was doing a transition into doing my own business around youth strength and conditioning um, and I had all that so, so very active as well I relied too much on my um, too much on my physicality back then so right. as soon as you know something like a knee took me out of the game I was you know I didn't have much to fall back on I didn't think anyway too much of my identity was yeah wrapped around yeah. that so yeah I was I I was screwed basically. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's hardcore, man. And I'm curious, how did you transition from teaching into, so what are you doing now? Are you still doing the training and the physical um, aspect of it? Or are you doing more like the coaching no. and what? Yeah, what, no, I, I don't do, well, I say I don't do any physical training sort of specifically. Um, if I'm working with someone and obviously, cause I'm, you know, I was a certified strength and conditioning coach for years. Um, yeah. I trained Olympians. I trained, you know, Great Britain sitting volleyball team is kind of what I went on to as well. Mm. Um, so I've got that in my lockup, but I don't focus on that. But again, if obviously if I'm working with someone and they've got a question or I can see kind of the biggest issue is not, you know, the newest business strategy, <laughs> it might just be yeah. you need to sort out something else, kind of that becomes a priority. So it's, it's definitely a, a key component. But no, I focus on mindset coaching and consulting and business mindset as well. And just that relentless, relentless nature and kind of philosophy and just becoming mentally strong for adversity because it's happened gonna happen to all of us probably multiple yeah. times in our life and you don't want when it hits the fan as it did for me and i was not ready you don't want to then right i better try and sort this out because when you're in it it's a lot harder yeah. um, but so ultimately i don't think people back themselves as much as well so um and a lot of the times because of my experience around the the mindset and business coaching comes in terms of you know my areas of expertise the, the public speaking, the, the yeah. podcasting, the best-selling books around that, if it's relevant. Um, but that's something I'm very passionate about. And I, as I say, people don't back themselves enough, me included. I think it's very rare when you get someone who's, you know, backs themselves too much to, yeah. to the point where it's yeah. not useful for themselves. <laughs> you know, I think the biggest thing holding most people back is themselves they may think it's other people but again it's got, that's got really nothing to do with you it comes right. back down to self-worth and and you know that that boldness and taking bold action and momentum i've had momentum i've lost momentum and i you know i choose to keep momentum because when you lose it it is it's, it's tough like anyone knows in any endeavor to you know get it all moving again started again um so in answer to your original question about in shape i've never been in average person scenarios out of shape i don't have this kind of fat person story to to talk about i do have a ruined athlete story to talk about and mentally screwed and out of shape and depression right. but I've, I've never been um i'll say it, i've never been a porker yeah. <laughs> just uh, just to try and annoy well, someone and get a reaction but you know just, speak, just, speak, speaking of that i just got off a, a a big cleanse i didn't eat for seven days last week so i just had my first meal in a week yesterday Wow. I lost about 10 pounds. Like I, I wasn't doing it to lose weight. Like I'm like yourself, yeah. like I'm not a big guy at all, but it's just something I do now and then to kind of detox and cleanse my system mm. and kind of, you know, 
Um, yeah, no, I'm a big believer in intermittent fasting and, and doing full on fasts at mm. certain times. And yeah, so, and like so stuff what's, like that. what's your routine around that? Do you, are, do you do intermediate fasting like consistently or just a couple days a week? Or is it like, I'm learning more about, yeah, I, I mean, I have, I have a, uh, something that it's, well, it's basically my norm. So I barely even think about it now, which is, you know, in a good way. Cause I think a lot of people's habits, yeah, good or bad, they barely even think about them. They're just their habits. But in terms yeah. of intermittent fasting, if I have to break it down, if I'm being more like strict and on it, it's a simple 16 hour fast to eight hour eating window. And yeah. we're just talking about time and regardless of what you're eating, if we just you know as simple as that, um, and the majority of the time it's more like 14 hours, 14, 10. Um, and then at the very worst case scenario, for whatever reason, 12, 12 hours sort of fast. And it's, and the reality is it's very flexible and very doable, which is what yeah. I like for certain people because everyone does fasting every night anyway. It's just yeah. having a little bit, not a lot, a little bit of discipline to yeah. just clarify when you stop and not doing that little snack later or just getting up and eating out of routine or because that's what you've been taught. Um, yeah. You know, even yeah. if you're not hungry, I know people are like, oh, I don't even feel like eating, but I better eat now because I've got to go to work. I've got to do this. Um, so I like the flexibility of it. You can have that window whenever you want. If you want to have breakfast, have breakfast. It just means, you know, eat, finish eating later. I mean, finish eating earlier in the day. Um, yeah. and other people like, actually, I'm not bothered about breakfast. You see, so you just, you know, it's not necessarily eating less. It's just that little tweak. And it's regardless if you're traveling or it's almost, no, it's not, it is excuse proof, proof even. It's just, and it builds discipline and will. And if you decide to do it, you do it. Um, and there's loads of hormonal benefits around it. Um, there's loads of, Generally, if you're if, if you do overeat, if your eating window is smaller, it's usually more likely that you're going to eat less or less calories than if you're eating excess. Yeah. Um, but in other ways, you know, if if you're not overeating, you're just eating a you know a good, balanced, rounded. You're happy with your diet. It just yeah, you know, say just tuning up the 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 timing of the meals and stuff, and then you can have a better effect. And I've found I've been doing that for four years. Wow, you know, in that and it's um, I love it. Like, it just every day it, I, I don't even. Every I don't, day? Yeah, I don't even think. I don't even think about it. Every yep. day. Wow. It, I mean, it's say because well, this is like so. Worst case, this I put it in the book. This can accommodate, you know, a drunken two a.m. feast. Because <laughs> then you, you know, then you. Okay, so let's say you're not even full of you. You say you decide I'm really hungry and I want to eat. It's your life. I want to eat a load of whatever at that point. So two a.m. So the next day, depending on what you, you again, you can you can have that window. So then you go, okay, I might not eat till, okay, worst case no, 2 p.m. the next day. That's 12 hours. Yeah. So, yeah. and you pretty, you can go longer. Or a lot of times within that, if I'm on, if I'm truly on the like 16, um, eight kind of ratios, then once a week or at least once a month, then I would do a, a full day fast. Um, but I, I do a feast fast as well sometimes so it's where you eat all and anything you want again because if i'm doing the city if i'm really on it then obviously we're talking about not just the timing but actually what i'm eating in that in that period in terms of how much you know um total calories and you know proteins and fats mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff um but then i, I feast fast because if you're being quite restrictive as well um so there's no point doing a feast if you're yeah. Your rest of your week is already a feast anyway. But if you're right. being quite restrictive on the actual diet, what you're eating, then the feast fast um, scenario where you literally eat all and anything you want as much as you want for like a, usually again on a on a Sunday is a good day for it because it's, you know lots yeah. of that kind of thing, socializing, chilling, eating that kind of thing, and then uh, fast at least 24 hour 
maybe 36, maybe 40 hours fast after it. And so again, it's, it's all just playing with timings because you may eat two days worth of calories on the Sunday. I mean like eat anything uh-huh. and if you want, but again, don't, if you don't fancy eating a load of crap, don't eat a load of crap because it's, you think, Oh, I, I can, I shall, I will. Um, and then eat nothing on the next day. And over the two days, you, you kind of, you, you've got the, the average, you know, yeah. so it's and your body and it's, but there's loads of hormonal benefits and, and mental benefits. If you've been being quite restrictive and feel like, Oh, I can't keep this going. Well, after eating all and anything you want, satisfying that if that's what you want then you know that that can work quite nicely as well so it's worked for me and in different shapes and forms and so i put it in the book because um yeah but i believe it's it's an option and again it's worked well for me well yeah i mean i for those last seven days not eating anything like the first three days were tough but the last four it, it was just like yeah i'm i'm just your body adapts and goes into the state of I guess ketosis I guess is the the mm-hmm. yeah and I was listening to a podcast by this uh this doctor and he's saying that uh fasting is the best thing you can do for your body for longevity like it just and, yeah. and just just continually the cell doing regeneration it. and stuff like that yeah I think exactly. the, I think I put, yeah I put it in the um in the book as well so the 16-8 model I'm sort of referring to and I may have butchered it a bastard and made it too simple or just clarified it. That's how I put it in the book. It's based off, uh, I think it's Martin Berkman, 16-8 model. Um, and I interviewed John Romanello, who's the best-selling New York Times best-selling author of Engineering the Alpha, um, who's got the foreword in his book by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and he talks about, um, in our interview, he talked a, a lot about intermittent fasting and timing, and we had that discussion. So I mentioned him and referenced him in that section of the book as well. And while you're doing your fasting, um, are you only having water can you have juices or smoothies just nothing solid foods or no, no nothing at all so i don't generally have like a, a classic smoothie because my smoothies can be quite full-on yeah. <laughs> you know they, Likewise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah so like i mean i it wouldn't be a fast if i had one of my smoothies which i have a smoothie every day that literally yeah. you know is, is a full meal you could live off that all day for one day like, it's, it's yeah. awesome um yeah, so when i'm being really strict so it might be green teas, especially in the fasting, you know, um, say organic India, some Tulsi tea, um, and what else? So again, depending on how I roll, I'd mentioned again, there's this why I like there's so much variation of what works well for you. So depending right. on how I roll, um, at certain times, I, I know you would hit the tea, but I do love a coffee, but when I'm being real strict, I wouldn't hit that. But in reality of, you know, over the years and stuff. So a, uh, I'm not going to use the term that it's known as, but, a good quality espresso coffee with um, some organic butter in and uh, maybe some oil and things yeah. and a little bit of vanilla and stuff like that. It's, yeah. uh, it's become very cool because <clears throat> I'll say it so everyone knows what to about bulletproof coffee, but that's yeah, exactly. a brand or someone who's done it. But you know, so yeah. that sort of thing again, if, if you're really hungry, cause it's, it's the fats obviously in that and it keeps right. you going. So, and again, it's someone might say, Oh, that's not strictly fasting. Well, yeah, but there's, there's, there's different versions. Like you could just be on pure water. To, so it's, it's, it, variations um but yeah when i break the fast as well it's a high high fat high protein kind of scenario kind of deal mm-hmm. um again there's you know variations of that these are just guidelines and again i can do it very strict when i'm on it like when if i i know i know the rules or not necessarily rules the guidelines and how to do it most effectively but i also know how to do it 
long for the long term yeah. and you know what's going to get the most bang for your buck and it's not going to kill you if you you have a nut or something but you know i i i get it yeah. <laughs> um well let's uh we're, we're getting kind of to the end of our call here we've i know you've got an, uh, another call after this um uh, no last worries thing I, say, yeah. last thing i'm I happy wanted, for sort of 10 minutes or so <laughs> yeah yeah um the other thing i wanted to point on is this is a pretty you know this is like my 14th episode or 15th episode i'm doing here You've done oh, three. Awesome. You've done three hundred. I've got a bunch of others that have been recorded. I've got about twenty that I've been recorded, but I haven't released yet. But yep. you know, I've so I've done about maybe thirty or thirty-five, um, but only released about fifteen. But for yourself, with three hundred, I'm just curious about how are you producing your content? What uh, percentage of those are you solo or with guests? And kind of your whole kind of business or monetization. Are you doing anything with that around it? Or is this just purely um, content based? Like, I'm just kind of curious with other people yeah. that are running podcasts, what their kind of format is. Yeah. yeah. So the first, the first year was three to four episodes a week that almost broke me. Um, and the reason it was three to four, because for the first year, it was three guest episodes a week. Um, there was no space for any of me because it, and, and also apart from almost breaking me, at first, when some big guests like a Robert Greene, 48 laws of power was getting lost because you could only mention him for a day virtually because then it was like the next episode, the next interview. Yeah. And so once I got, a, you know, a lot of episodes out there, more is, as I find out more and more, more is not better necessarily. Um, so that's when I, I took a six month break, which I don't recommend. It's no, it's, no, it's like kind of not the thing to do in terms of, we talked about consistency and momentum. And I talk about having a momentum and losing momentum, maybe taking it for right. granted. I did need to move country. Well, I was moving country and I had a lot on my plate. So something I had to give. And as I say, I was uh, quite overwhelmed at that point. So I took a break for six months approximately in terms of, and then in that period, moved countries, restarted, rejigged it, came back with two episodes a week for about a year. Um, and now for the last year and a half, two years, it's been um, one episode a week. And when I switched to two episodes a week in that format, it's always now guest episode interview yeah. and then me guest episode cool. and me so like now that. as a as a as a kind of bare minimum because again it comes back to you know i know how to do the strict intermittent fasting mm -hmm. but what is sustainable and longevity what am i going to do till yeah. the end of time and approach it like that so it's not a hassle and it's again more episodes was not what was lacking in my podcast mm -hmm. it was making the most out of the episodes you have and you know, doing and having space to do other things as opposed to just churning out episode, 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 episode. So in the broadest sense, the podcast is um, a really good lead generator. I have had sponsors at various times, minor sponsors here and there. Um, but then again, they're like gold dust and I didn't really want a massive sponsor. I've, I've promoted certain of my things that I'm up to. Um, I used it as an elaborate um, research project for the book. It literally, I always knew it was going to be a book, Awaken Your Alpha. And I couldn't cool. just sit there for four years doing the book. So coaching, consulting, and in terms of things we've talked about, you know, if, if, if anyone thinks, who is this guy? Or um, I like the sound of this, you know, you can dig as far as you want. You can go as far down the rabbit hole as you want. You will know, you will probably know more about me and better things if you looked online and dug as deep as you wanted than certain family members, because it's, it's, it's all out there. So you're going to know who I am, what I'm about, and right. you're going to either resonate with that like that or not either one is good because it will save us all a lot of time and then if you want to you know take action and there's a 
a specific thing you need or you just want someone to have your back in certain scenarios or do masterminds or sorry, do masterminds one-to-one -one coaching less of that now um, and I have a arena that I'm starting literally in the next month or two to make the most of all this content and clarify a little bit well and a lot of my clients that I've worked with in the past I asked them what was the what was one of the most beneficial things of working with me and you know you have your own ideas but the, the answer that one of the answers that came back was that um, the kind of the accountability and the the con you know the the weekly calls where regardless if there's something big going on bad going on indifferent going on that consistent because yeah. weeks and months and years fly by to just that that someone to be there to talk yeah. about certain things that you can't talk about um, with other people and also you know just just keep things moving and under that understanding that because a lot of times you feel like some people feel like their problem is unique to them um you know and they can't get out of it and it's it's not normal and it's okay for other people and whatever you know it's right. it's yeah so the, that's really where the arena came out because historically to work with me it was either kind of okay you got the free podcast you can get as much info as you want you want to work with me right pay a lot of money one-to-one -one. and a lot of times even in that scenario i felt like i wanted it more than the person so this right. arena version is kind of well the book is you know 20 bucks so now we got something there and then there's a there's a course awaken your alpha beyond the book basically to that digs deeper that I couldn't fit in the book again relatively inexpensive and now the arena is an ongoing so we have this one of the components is it is it is basically this um ball sessions once a once a week you can drop into this hour-long session which is open q a on all the concepts in your life and in the book and all my philosophies around this and it's just open q a but it also as i say it's priced at the point because uh, sometimes as well, when, when I've stopped working people, because when you're really striving for it, it can be quite intense and you do yeah. need to have time off and recovery. So the, the concept of the arena is something that it's there. It's almost like your insurance because when weeks when you, you don't need to drop in, mm. don't drop in. It's priced. So the expectation is you drop in one to three of say the four sessions over that month and there'll be a group in there and we go for it because I can't stand it when people or when in anything when you feel like oh you know i've bought this meal i'm full at three quarters of it but i'm gonna eat that last bit because i paid for it and make myself feel sick it's the same right. thing when we're like i don't want to be here but i've paid for this so i'm gonna turn up and just sit there no you yeah. you know you've only got one life time is important so i'm always focused on the outcome so this is something i'm really excited about because i feel this is the consistency over long term and having that and let's say some periods you will be jumping into that and literally having dominating a meeting by you've got a lot of things that questions and things that that need attention right and there'll be me and people's opinions that will help and you know just keep you on the right path um and call you out when you're you know talking crap um but another other times you're just you're busy creating your legacy so you're not going to be on the call and that is the idea <laughs> well that's that's kind of where i'm kind of at now with you know i i've i think i'm doing like four or five podcast episodes this week recording with different people in different time zones yeah um plus now that i'm starting to get a, a drip of clients coming in and scheduling calls with them and i'm and plus i'm a, like i'm a university professor like i have a day gig that i go to <laughs> yeah so i'm just kind of like you know trying to figure out the best way to you know have a, a balanced platform yeah. getting everyone's needs met including my yeah. own but also this is what I, I, I yeah 
it makes me think of in the book and I cut through it towards the, you know, the end of this, um, you know, the highest probability of the deepest impact. That's what I like to approach anything I'm doing. Then it cuts out a lot of crap. Yeah. Yeah, It cuts out a lot of crap. Why are you doing something? Why are you adding this bell or this whistle on something? Or you're doing this because this is what some gurus told you you should have this in place. You know, I've had people tell me I shouldn't do this arena version because you know, the classic thing of, lower cost offerings, you get a lot more problems potentially with that mindset of the person who's in there. But mm-hmm. it come back down. I understood that viewpoint and you've got to just do what's right for you and what feels right for you and how you can have, you know, the highest probability of the deepest impact. And it, so it works both ways. Trying, not try, I hate that word, create win-win scenarios all over the place. And, you know, it's, it's a working, working, document basically you got to try things um and that's the only way you can think about these things for years or or you can do it and then you'll know pretty quick well i'm definitely glad we did this man thanks for reaching out to me and uh you know i'm glad that we got the chance to connect here uh we're coming up to the top of the hour i know that you've got a call yeah uh, (laughs) it's it's coming up to midnight here so almost my bedtime but uh any any last words here and how can people kind of reach out and connect with you Okay. Um, yeah. So Adam Lewis Walker, Awaken Your Alpha across all social media. Instagram's quite a big one for Adam Lewis Walker is a good one. Facebook for both scenarios as well. And then there's a group, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW that is obviously a bit more interactive at the moment. I'm doing a 30 day video challenge. So I'm on there every day at the moment. And with, you know, a very a variation of different things. Um, if you've ever fancied doing a TEDx talk, that's something we're speaking about at the moment. And uh, another thing that's just kind of, again, very organically coming out of my experience of this book, taking way longer than I wanted, but yeah. I'm very happy with it, is um, your, your book year. If you're thinking of, you know, interest in getting that book out or starting it or launching it or even, you know, the flip side, how do you actually make money out of that? And it's not from selling the books generally, <laughs> unless you yeah. sell millions. Yeah. Um, so that's something that's good. Um, um, what, oh yeah, for, for the launch of the books, it is the end of the launch month now. I did have Claim Your Clarity video series and workbook that accompanies the book that is $20 or $10 on Kindle. Um, if you still get that now, the link is ayalpha.com forward slash book. And if now to all you got to do to get that is when you have a look at the book, pop me up a short one line review on Amazon and then screenshot that across to me and I'll get you that video course and the workbook on top of the book. And Hey, you, I, I can't say fairer than that, but I will say as well in finishing one of my favorite quotes, life shrinks and expands in proportion to one's courage. Oh. I can't drop my mic cause it's attached, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I could drop mine here. Um, that, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. No, thanks so much. And I'll definitely have you linked up below so people can kind of get connected with you. Um, do you know Andy Murphy, the Mindset by Design podcast host by, by chance? I know he's from I Britain. I not, but I just like the, the name of that is like, oh Yeah, no, he, he's, got, he's got a really big podcast called Mindset by Design. Might be a good guy. I'm actually interviewing him on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Um, if you can connect us to, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he's, been, he's been in the podcast game a long time, and he's also from the UK, so I thought you guys might be doing uh, some collaborations in the past. But yeah, after I'll mention Maybe you to him. I'll mention, to, I'll mention you to him uh, on Thursday when, I, when I'm uh, linked up with him. Awesome. Cheers, awesome, man. Yeah, bye-bye. Okay. Cheers. See you later. <laughs> bye. How do I get out of here? <laughs> I'll just stop that- it here and I'll end it.
Wasn't that awesome? I told you it was going to be a great episode. Thanks so much for tuning in till the end. We really, really appreciate it. Go ahead, share this out. Hit somebody up that will really benefit from it. Share this. Subscribe. Go ahead. Also, like I said in the beginning, if you would like a one-on-one conversation with me, email me, quintincarlin at gmail, or fill out the calendar link to schedule in a call. And before you forget, go over to iTunes right now, leave a five-star review and an honest comment. What do you think of the show? What do you think of the interviews, uh, the content? Really appreciate it. Go out there. Make a great day. See you on the next episode coming this week. See ya. Welcome back, everyone, and today is part two of the CBD 90-Day Challenge. Yesterday, you heard about all the incredible health benefits of the CBD oil that can really, really, if you haven't listened to the episode, just go back and listen to that now because it's incredible, all the benefits that this product offers. Now, we're going to show you how you could actually not only prosper health-wise with using it, but also prosper financially by sharing this. So my business partner, Chris Record, the guy is an industry legend in the sales and marketing arena, especially online with affiliate offers. He's gonna break down what we're rolling out as a 90-day CBD challenge. Listen to this, it's about 10, 15 minutes long. And then I'm also gonna have the next episode be a hip hop song. It's super, super cool. The guy's actually an incredible, talented artist and lyricist that he actually remixed Dr. Dre's Ain't Nothing But a G Thing to Ain't Nothing But a CBD Thing. So right now we're going to do the business part of this and really kind of roll out a game plan to really monetize on this $22 billion market that's going to be exploding across basically the world now that CBD is becoming legal all across Canada and in America. And the health benefits are just through the roof, as, as you heard in the last episode. Now we're going to show you the money on how you can get in front of this trend have a side business and just promote this through social media, through your network, or all the tools of advertising that we're going to be laying out in this 90-day challenge once you become a member working with us. That's just going to be so valuable. And you could use this training for anything. If you have a brick and mortar business, if you have another website that you're looking to get more traffic to, Chris is one of the top internet marketers in the world. We've worked on other projects together, but this has the most potential of anything I've ever seen. So enjoy the information and we'll see you at the end. I'll have a wrap up uh, 